Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to the Run to Daylight Football Funcast with your host, Todd Burroughs.
Well, that's a kick in the pants. I had muted. So I just did five minutes of show and no one heard me. Well, I'm not going to repeat it. So that's uh, quite embarrassing. Um, I apologize. Jason, are you there? Uh, yeah, I am, Todd. All right. So um, I did this whole thing about the people who are going to be on the podcast and, um, you know, how to find me on Twitter and all that good stuff. And I'm like, Jason, are you there? And you're like, nothing. And so I just looked and I had muted when I picked up the uh, phone. So uh, the amateur hour is continuing. And um, I apologize to anyone who is listening. But uh, all right, so let me just kind of give you the short version of what we missed. We're doing a uh, Run to Daylight podcast, Life in the Fishbowl, um, and we've got four SFB 480 participants on today, Jason Tran, Sri Nanga, Sean Tenerelli, and Julie Bichonette, and I'm looking forward to talking to each one of them. Also, um, some exciting news today. I got invited back to the Fantasy Feast MFL 10 with Ross Tucker and Evan Silva. I'm going to go after the guy that I call oversensitive Johnny, who barely beat me last year and blocked me on Twitter, damn you, uh, for no good reason. So um, the other exciting news I did want to cover is that we are sponsored by FFCouchCoach.com, the home of Dynasty League football. Check out ffcouchcoach.com. You can find my podcast there on Twitter. You can also find me on Blog Talk Radio and iTunes. We are now on iTunes. Rate the pod. Make me happy, please. All right, Jason, welcome to the show, and I uh, apologize for the trouble we had there. Oh, Not a problem. Thanks for having me, Todd. Good, good. So tell me a, a little bit about yourself, where you're from. You look like a youngin'. Uh, yeah, I'm from Illinois. I'm 27. Um, been playing fantasy football since 2004. Uh, that's, that's cool. That's it. cool. And and how did you get into SFB 480? Um, I was actually in last year with the 360, and uh, I've been in a few of other Scott Fish leagues and just kind of through Twitter and through the community there. Awesome. And how did you do last year in the 360? Did you did you do uh, a complete circle? Uh, I did pretty awful, so I'm hoping that this year I can redeem myself. Um, I got riddled with injuries. Took Des Bryant first round, so that didn't help. No, that that that's a bad way to start a draft last year. Yeah. So um, this year you were in. For anyone who wants to follow along, you were in the Funny Man Division um, in uh, a conference, uh, the Rock Division. Some of the people that I know from that division are uh, Jillian Fisher from ffcouchcoach.com, a very nice lady. Um, there's someone from 4 for 4, a Mike Wollert, who I don't know. I've heard of Carl Safchik, but the, the, the really guy that I think everyone out there probably knows is Matt Williamson, who is one of the smartest guys in the industry, someone I uh, respect quite a bit. And you had the pleasure or displeasure of picking right next to him in this draft. How did that go? Oh, you know, not not too bad. Uh, he didn't get me too many times, but there were a few times where I was a little frustrated with, with his pick. Yeah, well, you know, one thing is for sure, um, 
is in a league when you have a lot of smart people and you know coming in there's a lot of smart people. You you really I, I try not to let that get under my skin. I, I think the mental aspect of draft drafting is fun, um, is important, and it's very easy sometimes to let something get in your head and maybe do something you wouldn't do because the guy you were hoping to get didn't go there. Um, a perfect example today, I think anyone who follows me on Twitter knows that um, my draft's going real slow. I think it was 15th round. Uh, I have C.J. Anderson, so I wanted Devontae Booker, who probably should have gone already. And uh, one pick before me, he got snagged. And at first I was really, you know, upset. And the guy uh, before me and after me, we've talked a bunch, and I get two picks before he picks again. So I just focused, and I said, well, the next running back I had on my list was Andre Ware, uh, or whatever his first name is, from Kansas City Ware, and uh, not Andre Ware. And I also wanted Robert Woods, who uh, Jason Rock Phelps had kind of uh, highlighted on the pod last week, and I agreed with what he was saying. So I end up taking Woods and Ware, and then he goes, oh, man, I, I wanted Woods for my other pick. So if I had sat there and, and allowed myself to get in my head, I might not have taken the next two guys that I wanted and overcompensated. So uh, it's good that you didn't do that. Yeah, I tried not to worry about what, who else, who other people are going to take and just kind of focus on my own, my own list and see how it goes after that. Yep. Well, let's go through your draft. What do you say? Yeah, sure. Sounds good. All right, so round one, Matt Williamson took Ezekiel Elliott right before you, uh, and he had the comment, the only player I had ranked ahead of Zeke is Gurley. Only reason I mention that is because I took Gurley at 1-1 and got a little bit of heat for the choice. And you came back with, um, uh, you know, a very solid pick, and you had the, the comment, I love you guys, and you got Cam Newton. So you seemed like you were pretty stoked that Cam made it down to 110. Absolutely. Cam was my 101 in this format, and uh, I just was ecstatic for him to drop down to 10 with me. Yeah, I, I, you know, I don't like starting quarterback. I find that you can, you know, I've never liked the draft when I started with a quarterback, but if Cam was staring at me at 110, you know, uh, other than, let's see, um, other than Gurley and maybe one or two other running backs, I probably would have started with either Cam or Russell Wilson. And uh, the running back I would have taken went right after you, David Johnson, uh, then Russell Wilson, then Gronk, then Andrew Luck, and boy, oh boy, you ended up with a great second-round guy falling to you, someone I like a lot. You got Lamar Miller. Was that a guy you were hoping would fall to you? And if so, uh, what were you thinking when uh, you were up at that point? Uh, honestly, I, I wanted to go Cam and Russell back-to-back, but after Russell went and I saw Lamar sitting there, it was pretty easy for me to go. And after seeing Lamar go 106 and earlier than that, it was, it was pretty pleased to get him at 15. Yeah, one of the things that didn't happen in my draft, which very much disappointed me, was very few wide receivers went in the second round because I wasn't – my plan was to go running back quarterback heavy early and wide receiver late. Um, what was your strategy coming into the draft? 
Uh, I'm usually a pretty balanced drafter, so going quarterback and running back back-to-back is kind of my forte, I guess. Um, I would have gone with wide receivers early if I felt a little more comfortable with the ones that fell down, um, but just kind of kind of balanced approach. And you said that you might have a few drinks before you uh, came on the air. Are you a balanced drinker as well? <laughs> um, balance. If by balance you mean you keep going I mean, at the same you, pace, you, uh, do, that might can be you fair. keep your balance after you were drinking? I guess is the better way to put it. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm doing okay right now, but uh, awesome. yeah, you, I'm, doing, you I'm usually pretty good. You sound fine to me. All right, so <laughs> we head down to the end of the third round. Matt Williamson takes Tom Brady, and he says, I wanted Breeze. Yeah, I bet you did, and we'll find out later if you were able to get Jimmy G to go with Brady. Um, and then you took Brandon Marshall, so you weren't kidding. You didn't mind wide receiver. I happen to like the wide receiver that you picked for the format because touchdowns matter, um, and he's a touchdown threat. Um, what was your thoughts when you came up in the third round? Um, all my all my prep work before this had me taking Brandon Marshall in the third round, and uh, it was between him and Demarius Thomas who went right after me. But at the end of the day, Brandon Marshall has just been so consistent regardless of his quarterback. So, And I'm a Bears fan, so I like Brandon and kind of went that direction. And you, took, and you came back with another wide receiver at 4-3 in Sammy Watkins, leaving running backs like C.J. Anderson, Thomas Rawls, Deion Lewis on the table. So you didn't buy into the whole concept of grabbing a lot of running backs early because of the .25 per carry? Um, you know, I know a lot of people did that. I, Matt Forte would have been the one I take if I did take a running back. And I actually goofed up on this pick. I tried to take away my pre-drafts and pick up Jordan Reed, but the pick before me took right while I was changing my list and ended up with Sammy, which I'm I'm pleased with at 403. So, not worried about his foot. I'm I'm not too concerned. He's he's a big time player, and uh, you know, as long as he comes back okay, he should be fine. And and I'm I believe in it. Gotcha. All right. Well, let's go down to the next round of picks. Um, you got um, Tyler Lockett went one right before you. I'm not a big Tyler Lockett guy. I guess uh, I, in in this format, returns do count, I believe. So um, I guess that would make Lockett a more valuable commodity. Um, Philip Rivers was your tr- – and, again, this is my opinion. Matt's been doing this and spends a lot more time on it than I do. So that's my caveat my, uh, to my comment. Uh, you took Philip Rivers. Um, the quarterback run definitely had gotten into full swing with Palmer, Bortles, and Cousins going. And, um, you know, right after you took Rivers, Winston and Eli went. Uh, I guess that's a fair question. Did you think about Eli when you took Rivers? Because I've got those guys very close. Uh, I do also have them close. Uh, I guess my biggest factor is I feel like uh, Rivers is just going to keep launching the ball like he's always done. and uh, I just kind of like Philip Rivers a little bit more as a quarterback than I do Eli Manning. Yeah, I, I think that uh, you can't really go wrong with either one of them um, I, I, in uh, this year. And <clears throat> I've certainly tried to mix my exposure and keep them about even. Um, and then you came back and got Latavius Murray, 
I mean, a bit of a boomer bust guy based on, you know, what you hear from other people, but he certainly is in the position. Last year he was on the field a ton, um, and he got dinged. And I think one of the things people didn't mention is that he was playing a lot better before he got dinged last year. Um, any concerns on him? I think it was a good pick, but, uh, you know, there's some people who might go the other way on it. Uh, I'm not too concerned. I mean, people are high on Zeke Elliott because of their offensive line in Dallas, and I think Oakland has almost as good of an offensive line there, at least top five. So, I mean, he's pretty much a clear-cut running back there, and if I can get him in the sixth round to pair him with Lamar Miller, I'm I'm happy about that. Gotcha. So, um, you know, I'm not going to go through everything on the draft, uh, we'll, I'm going to take a look for anyone who's following along at home. We're going to go look at the rest of your lineup now. Um, quarterbacks, Cam Newton, Phillip Rivers, Tony Romo, and Geno Smith. I mean, I'd have to give that an A-plus grade um, for this format, for any format. And somebody named Uncle Rico. Can you tell us the story of Uncle Rico? Well, Uncle Rico was discovered pretty much mid uh I guess two or three days into the draft. It's somebody that Scott Fish threw in there as kind of a joke player. Uncle Rico is a character from a movie called Napoleon Dynamite who claims that oh, he's got geez. a rocket arm and, yep, yep, and all yep. that. So I uh, I used my 20-second pick on the joke pick. I made sure that nobody had taken him yet, wanted to be the first one if somebody was going to do it. And I'm, I'm a big fan of comedy, so I went with it. That's interesting. Uh, I mean, the 20-second pick is always a risky pick. But I would say, you know, a few guys uh, safer than Uncle Rico. But all right. Um, running backs, you've got Artis Payne, and, um, a, you know, a guy who is a backup. Uh, Rashad Jennings, Lamar Miller, Latavius Murray, Charles Sims, and DeAndre Washington. I love that you got DeAndre to go with Latavius Murray. Um, I would say, you know, it's not the deepest group out there, but it's a pretty good um, considering how good your quarterbacks are, I'd say that's a pretty good group. Wide receiver, Larry Fitz, Josh Gordon, uh, DGB, Rashad Green, Vincent Jackson, Stevie Johnson, Brandon Marshall, and Sammy Watkins. Again, I would say a pretty decent group. And the only area that you kind of punted in a lot of ways is tight end, where you've got Jason Morrow, Jason Walford, and Jason Witten. Um, Jace Amaro, Clive Walford, and Jason Witten. Um, overall, how happy are you with your draft? And would you agree with some of the sentiments that I made about the team? I mean, overall, it's a lot better than a lot of them I've seen. Uh, I'm I'm extremely happy with my draft, which means I'll probably go, you know, with two wins throughout the whole season. But um, I feel like if Josh Gordon can hit and DGB can hit. I got DGB, I think, one of the latest in all of Scott Fishbowl, so I'm pretty excited about that. Um, like you said, I punted tight end pretty hard. Um, but if Jason Witten can be Jason Witten and, you know, finish, he's consistently top 10. I'm not too worried about it. I'm pretty solid at quarterback, like you said, and, and overall I'm pretty happy. Yeah, I think you should be. Um, how, if any, did your strategies change during the draft? based on who was there and who wasn't there? Um, 
I mean, the biggest thing I did for me was I wanted to go quarterback early and lock down that position. Um, I feel like I did a pretty good job there. Uh, I'm a big wide receiver person, so I, I have a lot more wide receivers than everybody anybody else, but um, I've, I kind of went with a lot of veterans. And, um, drafting really didn't change for me. I kind of just went, went that direction. So you mentioned uh, that you know my next guest who's coming on, Sri Nanga. Um, you, uh, you mentioned some, what 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 did you say you wanted to say? There was something. I, I, I my memory is uh, is, is as foggy as yours should be after drinking. <laughs> well, uh, Sri and I actually did a lot of prep work before Scott Fishbowl together. We did some of Chub Chub McGrubb's uh, mock drafts. He actually wait, wait, originally you thought and Shree draft- did what? And you got Chub Chubs? We no, we did the mock draft from. Uh, <laughs> You have to excuse me. Hold on a second. I I, I need to. Uh, uh, I couldn't resist. Hold on. I need to do something. Um, here, I got to do something for myself. But um, so you and Shri did, uh, you know, did some planning and chubs and. Oh, go ahead. Right. Finish. He uh he thought he was through the ten spot, so we thought we were drafting from the same spot until the day of, where he realized he wasn't. And then uh, we kind of helped each other throughout the drafts and, uh, you know, just make sure you ask him about Amir Abdullah. Um, I, whenever I hear that name, I think of the wrestler Abdullah the Butcher. So I will try and remember that. Overall, I would give your draft based on, you know, the best of my ability. I would give it a... So there we go. And thank you very much, Jason. Any final comments before we move over to Sri? Uh, no, just want to say thanks for having me on. And uh, I think Scott Fish put together an awesome thing here, and I'm glad we can all enjoy that together. On Twitter, I'm at Jason Tran. If anybody wants to chat, I'm always down for talking fantasy football. Yeah, well, you did a great job. Um, and uh, maybe we'll have you on during the season and uh, – and, you know, you and I, I'm sure, will continue to chat on Twitter. Thanks so much for doing the Run to Daylight podcast. Thanks again, Todd. Hey, Shri, are you there? Uh, good evening, Todd. Yeah, I'm here. How are you? I'm doing good. Hold sir. on How one second, okay? Okay. Uh, start out by telling us a little bit about yourself. Uh, I grew up in India, and um, I have been living in Lexington, Kentucky for the past uh, nine and a half years and playing fantasy football since uh, 2014. Hello? Yeah, can can you hear me, Todd? Hello? Yeah, can Sorry. you hear me, Todd? I can. I uh I was getting called like on every phone, so I had to let people know that um, you know, I'm a really big deal on the podcasting world and they needed to leave me alone. Yeah, yes you are. That that was a joke, but uh Thank you. You're very kind. So um, where are you from? When did you get into fantasy football? And uh, what is your real full first name? Yeah, I'm I'm from India, and uh, I live in Lexington, Kentucky. I've been living there for the past nine and a half years. And I'm playing fantasy football since um, 2014 uh, because of my friends. And my real first name is uh, Srikanth Reddy. And my last name is Danga. Gotcha. Well, I'm going to let you say that. Um, okay. It's, uh, 
you know, I, I could get it if I uh, put my mind to it. But as I mentioned a few times today, I don't have much of a mind because I'm not feeling that good. So um, let me pull up your draft, and we will go through it. You were in the, and anyone else can as well, you were also in the Funny Men division in the Robert Downey Jr. Conference. Yes, Todd. And you, you know, obviously you kind of, you know, did what I did at the beginning of this podcast and uh, and screwed up a little bit um, in the sense that um, you thought you had a different draft pick than you did. Uh, what draft pick did you end up with? Yeah, I thought I was drafting from the 10th hole all along, and I prepared like maybe 10 days to get ready for that. And on the day of the draft, I realized it's the 6th hole. So that that was very good preparation. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I mean, yeah, well, I'd love to say that I've never done anything like that, but I'd be lying. So in your division, uh, let's see who I know. Uh, I've heard of Jake Cielli. And I know you. And uh, let's see. But really, I don't know too many people. Uh, the Fantasy Footballers podcast was just on, I think, the uh, Russ Tucker podcast. But uh, not a lot of names that jump out at me. And that can be good and bad. Cam Newton went first in your draft. And uh, Julio Jones Adrian Peterson, Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, and then you came up and you say you got sniped by for AB, but um, you got ODB. You got uh, Odell Beckham, who I think is probably as good as AB for this format. I know I'm in the minority. Um, what was the thought of taking Beckham over a running back at 1-6? I, I didn't want to force myself uh, into taking a running back uh, in the first round. And um, I want to have someone um, who can be safe and provide me upside as well. And I was perfectly fine with um, Odell Beckham there. Gotcha. All right. Well, no one can argue Odell Beckham, at least not to me. I'm a Giant fan. So, uh, Gurley went after you, Lamar Miller, Ezekiel Elliott, and uh, – you know, all the, the usual suspects went, and, wow, DeAndre Hopkins at 2-3, uh, Jamal Charles 2-4, Gronk at 2-5, uh, A-Rob, and then, boy, at 2-7, Andrew Luck falls right in your lap. Um, how did you feel about that? Uh, that was not something which I planned. Um, I was hoping for... Uh, just start um, wide receiver one like Alan Robinson or um, Jamal Charles there. Uh, but um, Luck was the best player there, um, so I was happy to take Luck there. Yeah, I can't, you know, I would have loved to have taken uh, one of the top four quarterbacks. Uh, none made it to me at the end of the second round, so I took Drew Brees. And um, so, uh, you know, I I really think getting one of the big quarterbacks in this format is not a bad deal at all because you can start two and uh, luck luck does run a bit too. So your second pick, uh, let's see, that would be around three. So that was your second pick. So your third would be 
Doug Martin, and again, another guy, I, I get so jealous doing these shows because I didn't want a wide receiver, and I wanted a running running back and quarterback at the, the end of the second, and Doug Martin was gone. So I had to reach a little bit for O.J. Anderson, and A.D. Lacey was gone. Um, I, I have to think you'd be pretty happy after getting a wide receiver and a quarterback to get Doug Martin at 3-6. Yes, um, I, I was happy with the pick. Uh, my plan was to uh, have a balanced foundation up front so that I don't force myself into chasing a specific um, skill position. So your wide receiver one, your QB one, and RB one, um, I'm, I'm happy with that start. When you picked in the fourth round, you made a comment, damn sharks keep sniping everyone. You know, see my comment when Jason was on. I mean, you have to expect sharks in a draft like this. But still, um, I would say there's less of them than in mine because Thomas Rawls was there. Um, You know, he's definitely got some injury concerns, but solid running back, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, who were you ho- Who were you hoping was was going to fall to you? I was hoping for um, Hyde there. Um, at least um, he's healthy and in Chip Kelly's system, so um, he's going to. Yeah, get I like I like on. Hyde better too. I I like Hyde. Um, yeah. yeah, I I I could see why you would want that. At five six, you got one of my favorite wide receivers in the the league coming up this year in Golden Tate. And you wrote, Love Tate is my wide receiver number two. Um, again, not my strategy to take wide receivers early in this draft, but boy, I like the one that you picked. Coming back at six, 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 six. Toward the end, you got Jay Ajayi, who I also have. Um, how bummed are you about uh, Arian Foster? Uh, I'm, I'm not too concerned. I'm not too concerned. Um, I think um, Ajay, Ajay will get his share of work. Um, I, I, think I, I he'll tend be... to agree with that. And the chances of Foster staying healthy coming off an Achilles and being the same player off the Achilles, obviously it's a downgrade for Ajay, but I, 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 I think you're going to start seeing their ADPs being almost like a, a round apart, and I think that's an overreaction. So... You got Jay Ajayi, and we will um, head over and look at the rest of your team. But first, I want to hear what your strategy was for the draft. Was it just to draft the best players? You mentioned you wanted to be balanced. Was there any other thoughts that you had as far as how you wanted to approach this? Yes. I'm 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 a balanced uh, drafter, um, so that um, I don't have to um, run um, after um, anyone and just take the value. So I I pretty much um, stuck to my strategy where um, I want to have um, three best um, available running backs or wide receivers um, with my first three picks and a QB one in my fourth pick. Um, I changed a little bit um, with the cow thrown in second round. And I also wanted to make sure I have um, at least two Titan ones um, on my team. So, um, so I'm happy yeah, I mean, I'm I'm looking. Your quarterbacks are uh, Andy Dalton, Blaine Gabbert, Colin Kaepernick, and Andrew Luck. I mean, 
getting Gabbert and Kaepernick to hold down that third spot. I think that's awesome. Jay Ajayi, Kenneth Dixon, Justin Forsett, Ronnie Hillman, Doug Martin, Thomas Rawls, and Terrell Martin. I mean, you know, it, it, the, you know, getting Dixon and Forsett but not having Allen, so that, that can be risky to have two guys from that situation but not the third. But, um, you know, having Doug Martin and Rawls, you know, that that's the problem with being fair and balanced is, you know, especially at an injury position like running back, you need some luck and not Andrew. Um, looking at your wide receivers, Beckham, Decker, Dorsett, Ellington, Josh Gordon, DGB, and Tate, that's a very good group. And Ertz, Kendricks, Tammy, and Julius Thomas, again, you got two very good tight ends. Um you know, if you get lucky and Rawls and Martin stay healthy and play good and Ajayi and Forsett can uh, help you out a little bit, um, you know, that would be my only concern about your team. But overall, very solid job, my friend. I'm drafting with uh, so many experts there. Um, I, I think I'm happy with the team. Yeah, you should be. You should be. So um, what else do you do in life uh, besides fantasy football? Uh I'm I'm a software lead programmer for uh, Xerox. Um, I've been working for past uh, nine years in Lexington. I copy that. Yeah, and on, um, along with that, um, I need to I need to do something. I'm sorry. I got to rearrange these. Uh, got to rearrange these sound effects better. I, I copy that you work for Xerox. And you live in Kentucky. Yeah, I live in Lexington, Kentucky. That's cool. You a uh, University of Kentucky basketball fan? Yeah, I'm a fan, uh, but I went to Eastern Kentucky University, uh, but I play cricket for uh, University of Kentucky, so you can say that. What, what's that? You ate a cricket? No, I play cricket. Uh, oh, 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 my, my bad. Yeah. Did I mention that I'm not feeling well when I get punchy when I'm not feeling well? Um, so you play cricket. That's that's you know that's obviously. Uh, uh, do you think they'll ever have cricket DFS? And I'm not being a wise guy. I mean, I'm just you know, we got a few minutes here until the next guest. I, 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 it's you know, I, I, it's not something that I know much about, but seems like uh, DraftKings and FanDuel will start. They just started with the CFL. They've got the EPL. Do you ever think we'll see cricket uh, DFS? I, I think it will, it, it will definitely happen. Um, I don't think it will happen immediately, but maybe five years or ten years, um, I could definitely um, see that happening here. Gotcha. And India is one of the best countries in cricket. Is that not the case? You're right. Yeah, India is one of the best teams uh, in cricket. Um, they do uh, play really well. You're right. Yeah, didn't they just have the championship like uh, this last summer or not that long ago, right? Was India in the finals? Yeah, in- India was in the finals, yeah. Uh, and who did it, they but, play? Um, we played uh, West Indies and um, we lost to West Indies, but uh, yeah, we were in the finals. That's pretty cool. Yep. So um, back to football, um, what's your favorite football team? Uh, it pretty much uh, 
with your player um, is on my fantasy team. <laughs> you, your fantasy I, I, team is your favorite football team. Yeah, um, I love Russell Wilson, That's... so I, I do support um, Seahawks, and I like um, Eli Manning, so uh, probably James and uh, Seahawks are my favorite teams. So your uh, your um, you like Eli, huh? I'm a Giants yeah, fan. I do. That's yeah, he he carried my um, two quarterback league teams last year, so um, I do love Eli there. You know, I've never really uh, I've never really been a fan of. Um, Two quarter, the whole concept of two quarterbacks, I don't mind it where it's a flex. But, you know, with 12 teams, you know, you can really be done for the season pretty quickly if you don't get, you know, in a two-quarterback league. The only way I'd ever play in a two-quarterback league is if quarterbacks didn't automatically score more than everyone else. Um, but I, I, I get why it's become bigger, Uh I think it's because quarterback's such an important position in real football, but in fantasy, it's really not. Uh, when you play one quarterback league, um, you can leave plenty of good quarterbacks on the waivers. Uh, playing super flex, at least, um, can have those quarterbacks on your teams uh, instead of leaving them on waivers. So that's just my thinking. Well, all I know is that you um, – I think you had a very good draft. I mean, that and a dollar might get you a cup of coffee in 1980. I don't know what it would do right now. Um, you're pretty excited to be in the fifth ball? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited. I've been waiting since last year to uh, get into that, and I really want to thank Scott for making me part of that league. Well, I want to thank you for being a fan of the podcast and for coming on the podcast. Um, you, you and I have talked a lot on Twitter over the last couple of days. You just seem like such a nice, genuine guy. I really appreciate everything that you do for the hobby, and I think your team, for whatever it's worth, is uh, you know definitely in the category and not in the category. And I, I just hope that you don't have, have the injury bug. And it would be great if I could uh, square off against you when the conferences play together. Um, anything else you'd like to say, Sri, before we let you go? Uh, just one thing, which Jason took a jab at me about uh, Amir Abdullah. Yep. Um, I, I messed up there. I goofed up. Um, I took Abdullah off of my rap sheet incorrectly, and I didn't realize he was in ninth round. And um, I still regret not taking him. Uh, Who did you along take with that, instead? Um, I took Zach Edge. Um, I didn't realize Abdullah was there. Who did you take? Um, Zach Edge, um, the Titan. Oh, Zach Edge. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I like Abdullah, but I, it's, it, I certainly like the Ertz pick also. Yep, yep. Um, Thank you, Todd. Um, thank you for um, having me on the pod. And I would like you know, to I thanks. joked around a little, but I really do appreciate you coming on and all your support. You, you're, you're really one of the genuine guys in the hobby, and I'd love to have you back on another time. That's Sri, everyone. Oh, say your name right for everyone and how they can find you on Twitter. Yeah, um, my name is uh, Srikanth Reddy. Srikanth. Yeah. Yeah. 
Did I say that right, Shrikamp? You, you got it perfectly fine. Good. And and how can people find you on Twitter, buddy? Uh, my Twitter handle is um, um, at the rate of um, Shrikamp, ready, and so that's well, how about find this? Me. Everyone can follow me and find you through the people who follow me. Shree Camp, everyone, thanks so much for coming on, and great job with the uh, with your SFB 480 draft. Very impressive. Thank you very much, Doug. Oh, you have a great day. All right. Our next guest coming in is Sean Tenerelli, and I think I said that right, but uh, let me get Sean on. Did I say it right, hey, Sean Tenerelli? What is happening, guys? <laughs> Did I say it right? Nailed it. First time. Like it. Cool. <laughs> so you're part of something called the Sports Underground Radio Show. Why don't you tell yep. us a little bit about that while I look up your team in the Funny Woman Conference and a Kendrick division? Yeah, the hottest woman in there. I know what you mean. So, uh, yeah, I tell you, the Sports Underground, we're a local radio show out of Duluth, Minnesota, a little a, a little hub uh, north of Minneapolis. And uh, basically it's uh, sports uh, by the fans for the fans. So it's me and uh, Kent Kletcher and Jason Schneewise, and we get together and do interviews with uh, fairly big-time guests, people like uh, Terry Ryan and uh, uh, we've had uh, a few NFL guests. In fact, uh, I'm trying to remember his name off the top of my head, but um we've had uh, a couple of ex-referees come on and things like that from the nfl too so we've been doing that for about three years now and it's uh it's pretty exciting we're doing some bigger things so that's awesome i uh it's kind of funny that you've had referees on because one of the original thoughts that i had and mfl uh my fantasy league's loading real slow right now so i'm not there yet um mm-hmm. You know, one of the concepts I had is to get guys like referees or even the groundskeepers, right? I mean, you know, and and eventually maybe some guys who cover the games and get to know them a little bit um, because it really is kind of an interesting thing that you, uh, you know, to to, to be part of the NFL and uh, to have a job around the industry I think would be pretty interesting. You know, we talk to these guys, and they're just regular guys, like, you know, or, or gals for that matter, the, just like uh, you or I are. Um, but they have some of the more challenging conditions uh, to work in as far as the hypercriticism that's out there. I can't even imagine what some of these guys go through half the time, uh, you know, trying to make a call on the fly, you know, with all the assistance that, we, that they have as as armchair quarterbacks like we all are. Um, it's easy for us to make the call, but I think – I respect these guys for what they've done, and uh, and I think they get kind of a bum rap sometimes. But we try and get them on and get their opinions out and let them be heard for their side of the story too. Yeah, um, I got a timeout, and I don't know if it's my my web service or if my fantasy league is moving slowly. Um, let me try it from my iPad and see if I can get to your draft. Um, no problem. Keep talking. Okay. Well, you know, talk a little bit about the draft. I tell you, I've been, we've been involved with the Scott Fishbowl now. This will be our second year um, having a fan of ours actually join the Scott Fishbowl. We've been fortunate enough. Uh, Scott's given us a giveaway to do each year. Um, this year we have 
uh, Justin, who's come on, and uh, he's in my division, and we've already got a good rivalry going there. And uh, last year, uh, Mark Hill and I went toe-to-toe in the division, and I got to scratch my own back and say, hey, I, I took the title for, for the division that year at least. So, um, but that, that, it, it's That's cool. A, yeah. That's, a, that, that's a, an accomplishment. And I don't know if anyone else is having trouble with my fantasy league, but it's not loading for me either okay. on um, my iPad, which is not tied to my local Internet, and um, on my computer. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just ask you, because I'm sure you know off the top of your head, and we'll just see if it kind of uh, clicks through, but uh, who are some of the more famous people from the industry, beside yourself, of course, who were in the division? Well, I've had kind of a, uh, <laughs> I've had kind of a long-standing rival with uh, Andy Singleton. We've been in the division. He's from Nickel Press. Uh, we've been I, in the same Andy. division now. Yeah, and yeah, he's a good guy. Him and I love giving yeah. each other garbage left and right. Um, and uh, and so we've been playing in the same division now two years in a row. I'd say that's probably my biggest quote-unquote rival um, in the division this year top of my head i can't recall um we, we've got a whole group post going but i that, that's really kind of the key there's so many people inside of this league that you can compete with all over the place aussie guys is another one uh, a guy from australia um adrian he's one of the guys that's on this uh league this year too so um it, it's just it's such a unique opportunity to get to participate with some of these larger names out there um and guys like myself don't always get that opportunity unless we're doing mfls or something like that you know mfl 10s or or what have you so it's it just tends a lot to of be fun. A very it tends to be a very good community i mean most of the people are not like oversensitive johnny most of the people are really genuine really nice willing to help a guy out and um you know i'm a i'm a pretty big fan of it um, unfortunately, as I said, I can't get to your conference right yep, now. No I'm, gonna, I'm continuing to try. Uh, why don't you tell us what your draft position was and who your first round pick was? Well, I was drafting from the seventh spot, uh, which is, from my perspective, it's one of the the nicest places to be. I, I like being kind of in that middle range. That. Yeah, I, I like being right in that middle range because you can kind of get a feel for what's happening in the first round and then kind of make your decisions from there. Um, my whole strategy to begin with was to get my, my two starting quarterbacks early, um, which apparently in my division, no one else wanted to because they didn't really start drafting quarterbacks until the third round ended up playing in my favor. I ended up getting uh, Russell Wilson and Cam Newton for my first two picks. So I'm pretty thrilled about that in a two quarterback league. Getting to yeah, the, especially uh, considering that you had the seven hole. You know, I could see yeah. getting those two guys if you had the ten or the eleven or the twelve, but to get them out of the seven hole, that's that's pretty good. I I was I, I considered myself very fortunate that that I took a look at the metrics on it and looking at the last year's stats and and comparably you look at those two players. And the chances of them simply rising up from where they are is fairly good. You know, you've got Cam, who lacked a number one ride receiver for half a year, and you've got Russell Wilson, who 
simply seems to make magic out of nothing sometimes. Uh, so I was pretty fortunate to get those two guys, I thought, and I was a little shocked in the two-quarterback system that, that, that they were even available. Yeah, I, I agree, and it's funny because, you know, I really felt like I got screwed in the sense doubly. <laughs> you know, I wanted I wanted one of the big four quarterbacks, and they were all gone when I picked at 212. I took Todd Gurley at 1-1. And okay. so I took Drew Brees, who, you know, wasn't a real value. Mm-hmm. And then I took uh, Anderson, the running back, C.J. Anderson. Okay. And okay. so when I came – and then we didn't have a quarterback run until like the eighth round. So mm-hmm. the, the big mm-hmm. four went off early. I mean, my quarterbacks are Breeze, Tyrod Taylor, and Marcus Mariota. I mean, I love my quarterbacks, but, you know, my hope was that I would kind of start a QB run, and it really didn't happen. No. the the when I did the mock drafts that I did going into this, because in SFB, you really want to try and get a feel for it. It's so unique. It's tough to, but, but almost all the ones that I, that I did ended up having, you know, quarterback runs in the second round, even, you know, um, or even the third, if it was late. And I think our first quarterback run really came in the fourth round where there was like seven or eight in a row that popped off uh, besides the big four. And I was not anticipating that at all. Um, I'm I'm a pretty firm believer in the uh, zero running back theory, and, and I think it helped me this year a little bit because everyone was going for the big names uh, for the running back situation. But I, I think I did all right. I was I'm, last year when I was in it, uh, I really tried to hunt down like guys like Doug Martin, Frank Gore, those value picks that you got late. And uh, they ended up being doing pretty good for me. Yeah, you know the thing about zero running back in something like this is if you have like a running back apocalypse like last year, it, uh-huh. it can work out for you. Um, uh-huh. In a normal year with normal injuries, um, zero running back in, in with, with this scoring system and twenty-two man rosters. You, you know if you if you end up not having two good ones on your roster, you're done. You yep. know, so yep. it's it's a very risky strategy. Um, you know, I'm pretty happy. And that's why I took Todd Gurley at 1-1. And, mm-hmm. you know, I still, I mean, I've got pretty good running backs. I got C.J. Anderson. I got Jay Ajayi. I got Wendell Smallwood. Uh, who's the fourth oh. guy I got? Uh, I can't think of it. And, of course, I can't look it up. Um, but But the point is, that, you know, it's that fear of just not having, you know, not having a chance. Yeah. Um, and my, my feeling was that, you know, that the running backs also outscore the wide receivers in this format. You know, uh, per, like if you lay out the top five or ten at each position, you know, the running backs outscore the wide receivers um, with the point uh, five. So. Yep. I felt, and my strategy has been to get wide receivers late. Mm-hmm. You know, load up on quarterback, which is the highest scoring position. Load up on running back, which is the second highest position. Get a good, at least one good tight end. And then, you know, I did take Doug Baldwin because I thought he was a, uh, just too good a value in like the seventh round. 
Um, But my feeling is that wide receiver is much easier to patchwork. Um, It's much easier, you know, and if I'm scoring well with two good quarterbacks and two to three good running backs, you know, all I need is, you know, with Doug Baldwin, all I need is a couple guys who can get me 10 points a week and I should be fine. So why don't we go on? You got the two, uh, enough about me. We got the two wide receivers early. I mean, the the two quarterbacks early. What happened after that? Well, I went a little bit, uh, you know, even with the wide receiver situation that you described, I still uh, stuck to my philosophy and, and went after some wide receivers I thought were going to produce. Uh, ended up getting uh, Kelvin Benjamin, who honestly, to me, is coming off one of the more unheard seasons, you know, because he did get injured so early. Most people forget he was having an absolutely incredible season going up to that point. So I thought I got good value there. I did end up getting Doug Baldwin as well, um, which I was really pleased about. Um, oh, my and gosh. I actually, you, should, you should be so happy. No, just kidding. Yeah, I was thrilled with that. I got um, Deshaun Jackson for my uh, like my third or fourth guy. Uh, T.Y. Hilton is also one of my uh, my receivers that I'm thrilled about. Um, yeah, you should be. You know, I mean, Benjamin's gotten no love. Uh, I have almost no Benjamin because of his ADP, but I'm not like dogmatic about it. Like some of the guys who just put out the articles about how overvalued he is. Yep. I do think that offense is going to see some regression, but um, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if Benjamin put up 80 catches and double digit touchdowns. Yeah, I, I agree with you a hundred percent. Um, you know, for my running back situation, I kind of married you a little bit um, where I actually – I did get a Jaye, um, which I was thrilled about as a Miami Dolphin fan. You know, uh, uh, that made me pretty happy. But I took some flyers that I thought would be the next Doug Martin-style guy. Um, DeMarco Murray is criminally underrated right now uh, in Tennessee, in my opinion, even with uh, um, Derrick Henry and- back there. Yeah, and then um, I also got Jeremy Langford, who I'm not thrilled about, but as my number three guy, who I may not use that frequently, I'll take it. Um, you know, so um, yeah, he's another guy like Benjamin, who I think has gotten a lot of bad press. I own a lot of shares from back when he was in the fourth round, so I haven't wanted to add to him too much. But even if it is a running back by committee, and he gets ten to fifteen carries a week and two to three catches. I mean, in the seventh, eighth, ninth round, you know, I'm, you're seeing them in the seventh round now. Um, I think, you know, sometimes, you know, the industry can overcorrect on guys. Yeah, I agree with you 100% on that. Um, and then, you know, my late rounders that I took kind of flyers on, well, my tight end situation I'm really in love with because I ended up getting real late. I ended up getting uh, Eric Ebron, um, Kyle Rudolph, and then my – my um, uh, Doug Martin pick for tight end for the year is Jared Cook. I think he's going to be exceptional in Green Bay. So um, Yeah, I I've got a I, – I, you know, it's funny. In MFL 10s, I've been all over Jared Cook um, yeah. as my, you know, as second sometimes, sometimes third, um, you know, kind of uh, tight end. But yeah. um, I've also – I've also just um, in this, I ended up taking Walford over him, and okay. you know, okay. I, I almost don't 
even know why I did it. Um, but I, I, I do think that Walford has more upside. I think mm-hmm. Cook is still going to lose some snaps. And I, I just felt like Walford being younger and not bombing out, and he showed a lot. I mean, he could really be a breakout candidate, and that's what I'm looking for in, in, a, in a draft like this where you're trying to make a name for yourself. But just to yep. give you an idea, in MFL 10s, I've got like – um, why is that? Oh, that's why. I'm sorry. I'm looking that's on fair. the best ball app, and it only gave me Brandon Cooks um, because <laughs> I didn't have tight ends. In um, I've got I've got 21 and a half percent of Jared Cook, and I've got 12 percent of Walford. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I love the Jared. That's a I, I do that sometimes. I go a very long way to say something I could say in a sentence. I like Jared Cook. <laughs> I do too. I, I I like the position he's in. You know, I know people's criticism of him has been, you know, good old stone hands. Um, but I will say that he's never had an elite caliber quarterback throwing him the ball either. Um, and I really, I really think this could be the year, you know, he could be a Jeremiah Finley kind of guy. Um, and when you're talking to, you know, I think it's one point per reception for a tight end. If he's anywhere near, getting, you know, four to five receptions in a game, which we all know Aaron Rodgers is capable of doing. If he locks in on someone, um, then he could be a real steal for people. Um, another guy I feel that way about, too, is uh, is Kenny Bell from Tenny, uh, Tampa Bay. Um, just some late-round flyers, you know. I got Come on, Bray. Kenny Bell. Uh, Bray, I like, I like Bray. Bray. Yeah, I like Bray in late round because I don't think ASJ is going to really – No, I don't know about that guy. He, he's se- such a... he, he seems like one of those guys who – I won't say a Johnny Manziel, but almost, uh, you know, kind of like – you know, just one of those guys who doesn't take the craft seriously enough. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, you know, it, it's too bad because I think he's got all the skill level in the world to be – probably an elite tight end if he actually applied himself halfway and uh we'll see if he does that this year um i did pick up uh for my last pick i picked up uh jalen strong who i thought was just a good flyer guy kind of sitting there for me and i just couldn't pass him up so you never know like what he's strong. gonna do but yeah he, I he's one of those guys that was my original um you know, he was one of kind of my original guys um, that I was on for late-round picks. But you know how it is in MFL 10s with the late-round picks. You end up getting um, – you end up falling in love like nine times. It's like you're in yeah. high school. and um, <laughs> You know, uh, my my latest crush has been a guy I won't mention – uh, because I haven't gotten to the late rounds yet in this draft. Um, okay. But uh, definitely a bunch of guys. I, I think you could pick any name uh, in the that might play in the San Francisco uh, wide receiver core who make great late round guys and uh, uh-huh. stuff like that. I know that. exactly who you're talking about, and I happen to pick him up as well. So. Um, it, it, yeah, really... yeah. His cousin used to play jazz, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, I uh... – I, uh, you know, Sean, I really enjoyed talking to you, and it's a shame we didn't get to do as much of 
you know, what we had planned to do. I would love to have, you know, you're, you're obviously very professional and do this uh, yourself for a living. So uh, would love to have you back on the podcast, maybe during the season uh, to do, um, I'm going to continue to do these life in the fish, uh, life in the fishbowl podcasts, maybe do some weekly recaps. So I'd love to have you on again. Absolutely. You know where I'm at. So simply just give me a buzz and I'm glad to do it again. Yeah, and if you ever need someone to come on in Minnesota and uh, and talk, uh, you know, anything from giant football to any football at all, I would be glad to do it as well. Um, Sean, I thank you very much, and I'm really glad that you came on. And uh, I think we did pretty good considering we didn't have your uh, the ability to uh, you know for me to look on my fantasy league. Thank it's you all so good, much for man. coming on the pod. You got it. You got it. Anytime. You guys take care. Oh, thank you. You take care, too. All right. Bye-bye. All right. So we're going to transition to the last guest. And see, this is the difference between um, having a woman's touch and not. And I'm just going to say that, you know, a dude never – I would guess that a dude would never have thought to do this. She's listening to the show. She's a good fan. And she realized – that I wasn't going to be able to see her draft. So she took a picture of it, marked in the rounds, and tweeted it at me while I'm on the air. Uh, I am very grateful and very glad to have joining the podcast my friend, Joy Bichonette. Joy, thank you for coming on the podcast. Well, thank you. Um, So um, you mentioned that you do some refereeing. Uh, What's that all about? Yeah, I uh, actually ref the Olympics at Salt Lake City. Uh, they picked two in all of Canada, so I trained for it. And um, the um, you do know that's kind of awesome. Yeah. Oh, it's. I mean, of, I mean, that's pretty darn cool. What what sport? Uh, the women's hockey. Oh my gosh! So so they yeah. play hockey up in Canada. Oh yeah. They play hockey in Canada, U.S., all over the world. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I mean, it's like, uh, like when did you get your first set of skates? When you were like six months old? Uh, six years old. Ah, <laughs> so cool. I played all my life. I'm, uh, I ref for 15 years and and started playing high level refereeing. Uh, Team Canada, Team USA. I was on TSN Sports. They flew me everywhere, Germany, that, that, all over the state. That is yeah. awesome. I, I, you know, I I knew that you did it, but I have the attention span of a gnat sometimes on Twitter, because I work <laughs> 55 hours, 60 hours a week, and I'm trying to do 300 different things and play DFS. And uh, <laughs> I saw it, but I hadn't really looked into it, and uh, that's very cool. So. Um, Let's look at your draft. What draft spot did you have? Uh, number nine. Number nine. You know there's a Beatles song with that in it, right? Number <laughs> nine. Number nine. All right, I digress. I digress. So um, you had the ninth spot, and Adrian Peterson was your first-round choice. Was he the one you were hoping that would fall to you, or did you have someone else that you were kind of uh, – you know how it works. It's like – 
you know, sometimes you marry the one that that wants you, not the one that you wanted. Uh, was Adrian Peterson the guy that you wanted, or was he kind of the second choice? He was the bridesmaid, so <laughs> I had uh, <laughs> David Johnson. I wanted David Johnson or Todd Gurley. Um, yeah. And then, yeah. And then AP was and, there. But you so. can't argue workload. I mean, he was the number one running back in carries last year. And if he's still Adrian Peterson and he's working out like a monster from what I read, uh, he could lead the league in uh, in carries and easily be the number one running back in this format. I was very happy I had him there. Yeah, that's pretty good. And you came back on the turn and you got Des Bryant. Um, I, you know, I had a chance at Des at 212, and I might have gotten a little too dogmatic because I didn't want a wide receiver uh, early, and I passed on him. Uh, what were your thoughts on Des? Was there, again, someone else that you had kind of hoped would be there, or were you just surprised that Des was there? I was very surprised that he was there. He's usually a, he's usually a first-rounder, and I – Whenever I saw him, he was there, and I said, oh, I didn't want to take him because of his foot injury and Romo being injured all the time. And I said, he he's probably the best player available at that point, so I had to take him. Um, they yep. had Evans and Allen, but I think Bryant. What, uh, what, uh, what, what running backs were on the board there? Uh, Freeman and Charles. Yeah, uh, one, uh, Freeman especially would have been tough for me in this format, but, you know, it's hard to argue, Des. Uh, Third-round pick, you went with another wide receiver, a guy that I'm very high on and starting to finally add to some of my MFL 10 rosters. Brandon Cooks um, really had a great second half of the year. Um, what was your strategy going in? I mean, most people seem to have wanted to go very running back and um, – quarterback heavy, but you were comfortable going uh, wide receiver in the second and third. Was that your plan coming in? It was. Um, I was looking at last year's scoring, and I know they tweaked it a bit, putting the running backs uh, with a .25 yep. per rush, right? Yep, But I didn't Absolutely. think it made a big di- I didn't think it made a big difference with the the um, the top wide receivers, so I said, I'm going to go with the the best wide receivers out there. My first, uh, my next three were all wide receivers, and I was very happy with that. And then midway through, I went with the running backs. Yep. Uh, fourth round, you took Sammy Watkins, and, I mean, that's pretty good value. Uh, we had someone on earlier who took him in the third. Uh, the Duke, that was the guy I couldn't think of who I had taken um, uh, as my uh, my fourth running back, you have Duke Johnson in the fifth. And then you went back-to-back quarterback. And you really, considering you didn't go quarterback till late, getting Derek Carr in the sixth, Kirk Cousins in the seventh, and Joe Flacco in the tenth, you got to be I, – I would think you'd have to be thrilled with that. I'm, I'm, I was very happy. At first I wanted Cousins, but I was um... – I definitely wanted two quarterbacks back to back, and Cousins were uh, Carr was 
the best player available on site. And I said, oh, I better take him because he won't be available on the next round. So I was very lucky that Kurt came back to me. And then when well, Flacco... I just, I just started a best ball, uh, my first ever dynasty draft. And uh, for best ball, uh, best ball dynasty, I... My two quarterbacks are Kirk Cousins and Joe Flacco. Are my are my uh, I went uh, QB late in that format and loaded up on young wide receivers early um, in that format. So um, yeah, I, I I dig the your quarterback a tremendous amount. Your wide receivers are Javorius Allen, Kenneth Dixon. You got two out of the three there. You got you know Arian Foster in the thirteenth. Duke Johnson, Paul Perkins, Adrian Peterson, T.J. Yeldon, and Zach Zenner. Um, that that that's a little bit, you know. There's you, you're going to need some things to work in your favor there. But I would think Duke Johnson and Peterson are pretty much every week starters, so that's good. And you know, you got very strong wide receivers with Antoine Bolden in the 20th. That's a very good pick. Des Bryant, Chris Conley, who's a favorite of the Run to Daylight podcast. Um, Brandon Cook, Seth Roberts, who, again, very sneaky good pick, uh, Sammy Watkins, Marcus Wheaton, and Terrence Williams, and your tight ends are Ertz, Jared Cook, and Cameron Brait. You, you must have heard me say that I like Cook and Brait in the last segment. Um, again, you know, I'm, uh, I've seen a lot of people post their lineups in this on different chat groups, and I'm like, yeah. But everyone who's been on tonight, I, I kind of like your lineups. I, I, I think you did a good job, Julie. Thank you. Um, so, you know, was this your first fishbowl or was this your second? It is my first. What I did is I went online and I applied as a fan. And I got an email from Scott and it all started right there i was just like ecstatic i couldn't believe it and you tell everybody here but nobody knows what it is until you go on twitter (laughs) and everybody knows (laughs) exactly yeah yeah so i was very happy that i got chosen pulled in a hat out of a hat or something like that i'm not too sure how it works yeah they they, they they're like you went ice fishing no i'm in the scott fishbowl yeah okay (laughs) nobody knows (laughs) Nobody knows. So um, (laughs) how long have you been playing fantasy football, and uh, do you also play daily fantasy? Yeah, I played for around 15 years of fantasy football. Um, I I do not play daily DFS. I like to try it, but um, I do have 12 leagues on the go. Eight last year, I won four first place a second and a third, so I thought I would get more. So I took some orphan teams, and we'll start from there. That's so amazing. I really like, Great job. Yeah, I like the dynasty leagues and redrafts and all that. So That's yeah. great. Yeah, I mean, I've never been able to deal with more than four or five. You know, I mentioned in the last segment I work about 55 hours a week, 50, 55, 60, depending on the week. And uh, while I do have a lot of time at my desk and you'll catch me tweeting, you know, I'm also working. And uh, it's it's just when it comes time to do those waiver pickups, it's just so annoying once you get past yeah. four or five leagues. Yeah. 
and I'm in probably five MFL tens currently, so my email's just going off the hook every Yeah, five but we minutes. can't make any picks right now because we can't get on MFL ten on my fantasy the break. right now. Yeah. So, so I'm not the only one having that problem you couldn't get on either? In Canada it's off too. <laughs> ah, okay. Well, hopefully they get that fixed soon so that we can feed our addiction and we can also continue our drafts. Um, boy, it would be a bummer if you uh, time out during during something like that. Um, any changes to your strategy during the draft, um, or did you pretty much come in with a plan, execute it, and it worked pretty well for you? Everything actually went well. Um, I wanted Winston in the fourth round, but Sammy was there. So in a way, I had to get my little boy, Sammy, in my lineup since I'm a Bills fan. And I was very disappointed that Winston didn't drop to me. So (laughs) that was my next pick. But other than that, I'm I'm not a big Winston guy. So, uh, you know, you're not going to get me – I think you ended up with uh, with with quarterbacks right in his kind of range, and you got him later, and then, you know, you got Sammy. So I think you did very well. I think you did excellent on the podcast, and I'm really glad that you came on. And uh, maybe we'll have you back on uh, another uh, – guess what? It just came back on. I can look at your draft. Oh, <laughs> now I can sleep but, tonight. Yeah, exactly. I mean, God forbid it would be like, uh, you know, someone taking away uh, uh, Johnny Manziel's uh, crack pipe. Oh, don't want to do that. No, that would be bad. Um, All right, I was joking, Johnny. Um, But, um, all right, uh, we've been on an hour and 15, which is a little longer than normal. I'm glad we got to cover your draft. I'm glad you came on. Thank you very much, and thank you for supporting the pod. You're always very uh, gracious in helping me and retweeting, and it's very appreciated. You seem like a genuinely nice person, and I'm glad I was able to have you on. Thank you. All right, folks, that's going to do it for today's episode of the Run to Daylight football podcast. It started out with five minutes of of me muted, which, you know, I I think some people would prefer, let's be honest. Um, But it was another Life in the Fishbowl episode. I want to thank my guests, Jason Tran, Sri Nanga, uh, Sean Tenorelli, and Julie Bichonette. And we're going to let you go out with Life in the Fast Lane by the Eagles. Life in the Fishbowl surely could blow your mind. Thanks, folks. Thank you.